This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, a place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Yeah, the Lord is a good, good Father to us. And you know what? I can tell you something. No matter where you're coming from, no matter what's going on in your life this morning, uh, God wants to meet you, and He wants to meet you through prayer, uh, through songs that we sing, through uh, word and testimony that you're going to hear. I believe that God has something for every single person here this morning as we open our hearts uh, to receive what He has for you and for me. And uh, I can't emphasize enough that uh, as we are a community with Christ in the center, we're a community on mission together, aren't we? And we want to bring Christ's hope, his healing, and his wholeness to those seated around us this morning, to those in our neighborhood and community, uh, to those in our state And indeed, we want to be a part of uh, taking that to the world. And so I'm excited that you're here. You're going to hear today about some great ministry that's taking place. But before we go there, I want to thank all of you that were involved last Thursday night as we went out to the ballpark and supported our Chinooks baseball team, uh, the Alaska League baseball team that is sponsored by Athletes in Action. You might recall last week, we had two young men and some of the players here, and they shared their testimony with us. Well, we got to go out and cheer them on Thursday evening to a 4-3 to three loss. <laughs> but it was good we were there, okay? We were there for them. And uh, it was a great experience. Several of the players and the coaches specifically wanted me to thank you to thank our church um, for our support of them. After the ball game, we had a meal. It was great. Uh, we were able to feed the, the ball club, and they were, again, very appreciative. I know Chris made the announcement. I want to underscore that again. July 21st, that's this Thursday, right here in the evening at church, we're going to host the players here, and uh, they have a night off, and we've invited them to come and share a meal with us that we could encourage them, kind of rub shoulders with them. Uh, And so if you haven't signed up already, there's a table out in the welcome area. You can sign up for that. Uh, And we just ask that everybody that comes bring a side dish or a dessert or something to share. And uh, it's going to be a great, great evening. So that's a focus on some local mission that we're doing here, right here in the community, out at the ballpark and with these players. But this morning, we want to focus on our ministry to Western Alaska. Now, in January, we celebrated the 20th year anniversary of our church. And some of you, a few of you were here back then. Uh, But those of you that aren't, uh, the story is that there were missionaries, there were those that were involved in our denomination uh, that were ministering in villages at the radio station KICY in in western Alaska there in Nome. And they had a vision for this community 
as they saw the suburbs of Anchorage pushing out farther and farther east, they had a vision for a church that would reach the local community, the families that were moving into this area, but also a church that would become an integral part of our denomination's ministry, the ministry of Christ's kingdom in our state, and especially in western Alaska. So when you think about churches that are planted, often churches are planted, and then they go out and send out missionaries and do mission, right? Well, our church was kind of the opposite. Our church began by men and women who had been involved as missionaries and mission already. And they planted a church in the suburbs with the hopes that someday that church would join the work of Christ throughout all of Alaska and support the ministries that are going on. And I'm happy to say that that has been happening, and it continues in this last spring in May and then end of spring, early summer, June. Uh, our church sent teams of people out to KICY uh, in Nome at the radio station there to, to help support that ministry, do some work there. Uh, any of you here that were part of that team? Just kind of raise your hand. A couple of you. Okay, great. Thank you. Paul and Sonny, you're here. There were some others uh, earlier in the first service. And then we sent some out to the Covenant Bible Camp in Unilaclete. And you're going to hear about that. That was primarily uh, a prayer ministry, a ministry of intercessory prayer, a ministry of, of healing prayer. And my understanding, if I'm getting these numbers correct that there were over 75 individual prayer sessions with campers and with staff, counselors at the Bible camp. And so that ministry was vital to all that God was doing in hearts there. And then in addition to that, there was a team that went to the village of Elam. Now, we've had a long-standing partnership there with Pastor Bob Curtis in that, in that village, in the village church. But this year, we not only sent a vacation Bible school, but there was also a healing prayer team that went with the vacation Bible school, and the vacation Bible school actually focused on healing prayer. And so uh, the, the, the youth that were involved were being taught about healing prayer, about how God gets into our lives, and He can heal the hurt and brokenness that we experience. Uh, he can redeem that in ways that we can't even imagine as only he can do, and also the adults in the village and the whole church. And so that was a wonderful thing. Now, my numbers are kind of sketchy, so don't hold me to it. But approximately, I was trying to count it up, 22 people from our church participated in one or more than one of those ministries in May and in June. And that is exciting uh, that is um, living into the very best what the founders of our church intended when they started this church more than 20 years ago, okay? So we're going to hear about that this morning, but I want to start with a video that's going to give you a little flavor, and you're going to hear from some people who are actually on the trip uh, about what happened there. So let's watch the video. Hello, I'm Heather Smith, and I had the opportunity and privilege to lead two teams into western Alaska villages, one to Elam and one to Unlikleet at the Bible camp. Um, 
the Elam team was wonderful. They did, we took healing prayer and in different form. We went and we taught prayer in vacation Bible school and also to the adults in the evening. They were very receptive and very interested and the team worked well together. Uh, I'd like to focus right now on Unicleed. We went there for three weeks and if you're familiar with Bible camp, um, the first week was called to worship where there were leaders there and they, we had opportunities, uh, extended opportunities to teach and to mentor on healing prayer. Uh, the second week was all the leaders that were coming, both youth and adults, and we also had opportunities to teach and to mentor. And this developed a hunger for people to ask for more prayer. By the third week, we were looking at ministering to and praying with uh, the senior hives. And we had an opportunity to do more than 75 individual appointments. And the response was wonderful. It was like there was an open heaven over us. And I believe and give credit to our intercessory prayers, both here at uh, Community Covenant, but on site. So I want to thank you for your prayer support. I want to thank you for your coverage of this event. And it's our prayer that this isn't the last time. It may be the beginning of what God's doing in western Alaska in a, a bigger, uh, more effective way. So keep praying, and thank you for sending us. Hi, my name is Sharon Carlson, and I was one of the individuals that was on the team that went to Elam, Alaska. When I went to Elam, and what impacted me the most was the children, the hunger that they had for the Bible. During our vacation Bible study, they would get into the book, and they would just try to find the verse and, and wonder, read it along as the individual read the verse. It was just amazing to see them. So I'm Bob Gold, and I was uh, blessed to have been able to participate in a mission trip out to Nome, Alaska with Sonny Chambers, Roy Pace, Paul Wallace, Tom and Jenny Webb, and Larry Weeks. And we were out there to help finish up an apartment building that KICY Radio had constructed out there with the help of volunteers. The apartment was designed to uh, help alleviate a housing problem in Nome as well as generate income for KICY. We finished framing out the storage area and uh, as well as uh, sheetrocked uh, the storage area and taped it. So we uh, got very dirty, we got very tired, and we laughed an awful lot. It was a great project. My name is Sherry McDonald, and I was part of the team that went to Covenant Bible Camp in Unilcleet. Um, I think I have to share two stories of prayer sessions that we did. One of them was uh, a young lady that drew this picture for me. She came from an abusive home. She saw our prayer session as this was the before, and we helped her cross this bridge. Um, and this little flower over here is her um, coming out of, the, out of the darkness. It was hard to see uh, what some of these kids are processing as an adult. Um, 
it, it would be hard enough for me to process some of the uh, grief um, and abuse that they're dealing with. Um, Sandy and I prayed with one uh, young lady right at the very end of our time, and um, she, her f grandfather had died uh, in the winter, and because there isn't anything they can do with the bodies, her grandfather was in the freezer. Um, I'd heard that many times, but to have a young lady that was 16 tell me that her grandfather was in the freezer um, was really hard. And then her brother had committed suicide not long, long after that. So we feel like, or I felt like going out of there that we were not even putting a whole Band-Aid on their wound um, during our prayer time. It was uh, a half a Band-Aid. I want the congregation to hear that we need to do more in Western Alaska. Um, I think it's great that we go to Elam, and um, I would love to see teams go to villages that don't have support, some of them that don't have pastors. Um, we, you know, we were praying with these kids uh, during the week, and then we would send them home where there was no support. We also have an opportunity here that some of those kids may come to UAA and for college um, and it would give them some faces, some safe people that if they needed a phone call or if they needed a place to go they would have that familiar face or familiar place to call. Um, I think that that's really important and I think that everyone in the congregation should go to camp or to some village in Alaska um, with missions. Covenant Church in Alaska actually began in western Alaska uh, back in the 1860s, the late 1860s, okay? Uh, and then it moved out here to what we know now as uh, the Anchorage Bowl. And something to make really important to emphasize is that God's working out there. Uh, the ministry is going on. Uh, the people in the churches, uh, elders, the leaders, um, there's dynamic ministry that's taking place. We get the privilege of joining what's already happening there. We get the privilege of developing partnerships with churches, with the camp. Um, three years ago, about three years ago, when I first arrived here, um, I was contacted by a, a young woman, and she was sharing her experiences, uh, having gone to Elam with Vacation Bible School several times and she shared with me a vision for what could be 
in Western Alaska. And it was a vision for the whole church. It was a vision of really increasing and expanding our partnerships and having more people from our church involved. And, and, and actually, she, in, a, in a, actually a letter she wrote me, said she dreamt of a time when the church would actually commit a whole Sunday morning service to it so our congregation could be aware and, and be invited to participate. And uh, that was Becca South. And Becca's here today. Come on up, Becca. And uh, we had a conversation, I remember, at Jitters. And, of course, you wrote me that your thoughts on several pages. And uh, it is, is fascinating to see how God has taken Becca's heart and the vision that he gave her and how that has spread and how others now uh, have been touched by that. And uh, we're not quite there yet where we want to be, Becca, but we're a lot closer than we were three years ago when we had the conversation in terms of greater partnership and greater involvement. And the one thing that you're going to hear from Becca, and, and I hope that all of you hear this, is that she was sharing this with me almost three years ago. And there are some things that transpired in her life that, that she didn't expect, things that didn't go according to plan. I know none of us can relate to that, right? Some of that involved some challenges, uh, some pain, some, some real adversity. And yet, as you're going to hear today, as she shares about co-leading the team that went out to Elam, you're going to hear how God took all of that and in a way that only God can. He redeemed that, and he used that. And she had a much greater, uh, more impactful ministry platform uh, because of uh, what had happened to her and how God had been at work in her life uh, through all of it. So, uh, Becca, we are so grateful to have you here. We're so grateful that you were able to co-lead a team, and we're anxious to hear what you have to share. But before she shares, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Becca, and Becca really stands representing an entire team, and Lord, not only one team, but three uh, that were involved in Western Alaska uh, in May and June. And Father, as she speaks, I pray that you would open our ears to hear our hearts to receive what you want to say to us as she shares a testimony of your ministry uh, in Elam and in Western Alaska. Father, I pray that you'd give her clarity of thought and speech, that you would give her boldness, and that you would allow her this morning to be the mouthpiece of your Holy Spirit, to touch our lives individually and corporately as we hear a testimony of your good work in people's lives. And so we commit these next several minutes to you, and we commit Becca to you as she shares with us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hi. So as Pastor Todd said, my name is Becca South. I have grown up in this church. I've been here for as long as I can remember. And like he said, I'm planning to tell you about some of the ways that God moved in Elam. Uh, but first, I do have to tell you a little bit about how God has been moving in my life for the last two years, how he was preparing me for this Elam trip, and how he was giving me eyes to see who he is and how he moves. Uh, for a little bit of context, I went to Elam for the first time in the summer of 2011. 
I was 17 years old when someone called up my mom and asked if I was free for this week that they were going to Elam, and she said yes, and then I was on a plane going to Norton Sound. (laughs) Uh, It was this whirlwind of an event, and it was not part of my plan. I I had a plan for my life, and this was kind of a curveball, but after being there for a week, I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with the culture, and I knew that that was... That was God's plan. That was ministering in rural Alaska was what I was called to do and who I was called to be. I felt really full. I felt like this thing I'd been missing my whole life, I was reunited with. And I didn't know that I'd been missing it. So at 17, the only thing at that point I knew about my life was one week out of every year, I would go back to Elam. But sometimes our plans are not reality. Um, in the April of 2014, I was in an extremely serious car accident. Because of the crash, I suffered from a traumatic brain injury. At first, we didn't really know what that meant or what the symptoms would be like, so I was still planning to go to Elam. That was my plan. That's what I was going to do. After a couple days, we realized that this brain injury was extremely serious and extensive. My vision would blur or it would just black out. My hearing would switch between hearing loss and my ears ringing. The world was constantly spinning so fast that I couldn't get my bearings, I couldn't stand up. I would have difficulty with word recall, concentration, attention, and word processing, thought processing. That list could keep going on, but the worst part was the physical pain. Whenever you see a doctor, they ask, where's your pain at, one to 10? I lived at a nine. The treatment for a TBI is to rest your brain. You want to block out all stimulation from the world so that your brain has a chance to rest, to heal itself. So that sounds really good, but in reality, it meant living in a world with no light and no sound, no human interactions, and no stimulation of any sort. So for four months, I lived by myself in a dark and quiet room. I had this tiny bit of hope that maybe if I I lived in this, if I could survive this darkness, my brain could start to heal. I didn't go to Elam that year. This place that, that I was created to go to, this place that I loved, I didn't get to go. Instead, I stayed in quiet darkness by myself and thought about how I was no longer the person I was created to be. I no longer had a plan from God on where my life should go. So in that darkness, I felt my physical pain, but I also felt this inner pain, this inner hurt of not knowing who I was, of not knowing who God created me to be anymore because I couldn't do the things I was created to do. I spent a year living with that traumatic brain injury, with this excruciating pain both physically and emotionally. The spring of 2015 was rapidly coming up, and I was not going to miss Elam for a second time. I was going to go. I didn't care how much I hurt. But that plan, my plan, wasn't strong enough, powerful enough to overcome all of this stuff, all of that pain, both inside and out. I had lost a year of my life to this pain. I have no memory of being 20. I remember living in dark. I remember being in pain. I remember being alone. 
but I don't remember being 20. So in the spring of 2015, the only thing that I wanted in life was for that pain to go away. I had no hope of getting better anymore. It had been a year. I didn't have hope that my symptoms would ever improve, that my pain would ever lessen, or that those inner hurts would ever be healed. So at the darkest point in my life, I thought that living with so much pain wasn't a life that was worth living. I thought death was the only solution I had left to get relief from that pain. So I gave up on who I was called and created to be. I gave up on that hope. So I did not go to Elam that year. When my parents found out where I was and what I was planning on doing, they called Pastor Todd. We all sat down in his office and decided that I was not going to go to Elam, but I had to focus on healing. I had to focus on getting better and that Elam would still be there in a year. Um, That process of healing started with meeting with different people in church and beginning to talk about that pain, talking about the physical pain and that emotional pain, those heart hurts that were so deep. After a few months, I started receiving healing prayer, letting God into those inner hurts, inviting him into where that pain was. And he started to heal. And that physical pain started to lessen as well. In the fall, I began to attend the healing prayer class that was held in the back of our church. And it was amazing. We learned that God wants to talk to us and that we can actually hear him. We learned about the different inner pains that we can have and that God can touch those. And that you can share that healing with other people. So Pastor Bob of Elam asked that Community Covenant would send a healing prayer team to Elam. And that, he would, that we would send a VBS that would focus on healing prayer, this two-pronged approach to this new and different thing. So this summer, in June of 2016, I finally went back to Elam. And through God's powerful love, through his healing, I stepped on that bush plane, having a whole month with no pain, with no symptoms. I was healed. I learned that God could heal. I learned that God answers prayers and that God could work in those really, really hard areas of our life. I learned that God used those hard times to bring good news to us and to other people. I learned that he was always with us, even through those darkest steps when I felt so alone. He was there. And I felt this calling to help the people in Elam learn those things too. So, though this was the seventh year that Community Covenant Church has sent a team to Elam, this year was different in that it was based on healing prayer. In the afternoons, we'd have VBS that would talk about healing prayer, and at night, we'd have a worship service that taught the adults and the kids that came to about what healing prayer was, that God could heal. It was amazing to watch God as he, he pulled all these pieces together all week. There'd be all of these pieces that were woven together to make this beautiful story of how God moved. I literally took three hours to tell someone all about it, so I'm not going to tell you for three hours about everything he did. But there are a couple stories that I really want you to know about. On the third day that we did VBS in Elam, we planned to go on this prayer walk. We would have the kids write their favorite verses, those verses that touched your heart, that God spoke just to you on a popsicle stick. And then those kids would pound those popsicle sticks into the ground. The idea 
the prayer was that the kids of Elam would walk through their village, praying for their people and claiming their land for Jesus. As we started and broke up into groups and as the kids began to write all of these verses on popsicle sticks, everyone noticed a difference in the kids. They were determined. There was this intentionality, this intensity to those kids that those popsicle sticks had to be perfect. And they know which verses hit their heart. As we began to walk as a big group, we also realized that those kids knew exactly what land they wanted to claim for Jesus. They knew where that popsicle stick had to go in their village. And then as those first couple of kids started, they pounded in their popsicle sticks. This question came up over and over again. These kids would ask, Becca, can we go to the graveyard? Becca, I really want to go to the graveyard. Becca, I'm going to save this popsicle stick for when we go to the graveyard. And every time they asked, I just threw up my hands and said, I don't know. And I was completely panicking, 100% on the inside. I was trying to hold it together, but I didn't know what to do. This was not part of the plan. This wasn't part of the picture God gave. I didn't know what answer to give. I didn't know how to lead in that moment. I kept asking God, what should we do here? Do we go to the graveyard? Do we say no? I was stuck between these two thoughts. The one that, no, we should not go to the graveyard. No, we can't face this pain. We shouldn't open up this can of worms that's going to lead to pain and hurt. We can't go there. And then this other thought that, you know, the graveyard's probably a really, really good place for Jesus' name to be claimed. As I'm wrestling and not hearing any answer, I turn to Heather And she said that she had a group of kids that really wanted to go down to the beach. And it sounded like I had a group of kids that really wanted to go to the graveyard. So we would split up and meet back at the church when we were done. I was so relieved to finally have some sort of answer, some direction. But I was also really conflicted because I didn't want to go to the graveyard. I didn't want to let these kids feel that hurt and that pain. But we started to walk. As we got there, I was shocked to see how many kids showed up, how many kids were in this graveyard. And then they were all standing around this one grave that was full of these fresh flowers. We learned that a teenager had taken his own life in February in Elam. And they were all circled around his grave. As I got closer, I saw this teenage boy kneeling on hands and knees at the foot of this grave, crying, weeping, There was this whole group of kids standing around this grave that were crying and mourning the loss of this life that was gone. Then in this holy, holy moment, I watched and listened as Pastor Bob and Larry Woods began to pray for these kids. They prayed over the teenagers that were kneeling, over the kids that were mourning, over the village and over the family that had lost a son. I watched as these kids in Elam that had this deep pain, this mourning, this loss, were feeling that pain together. And they were coming and praying to God together in the midst of that pain. As Bob continued to pray, this other teenage boy walked up to me. And uh, I met him my very first time in Elam. He's a little guy. He's adorable. But now he's six inches taller than me and, and turning into an adult, which freaks me out. Um, but we caught up on the last couple of years of our lives, and then he began to share how he was hurting, how he missed his friend too. 
I asked if he wanted prayer, and, and I had the honor and the privilege of praying with him. And once we said amen, this little guy, this teeny, teeny little guy came up to this teenage boy, and he wept. It's like they made eye contact, and they just, he just broke down in front of him. So this teenage boy brings this little guy over and lets him kind of lean into his leg. Because, I mean, that's the height difference going on. <laughs> they lean in. And this little boy keeps weeping, keeps crying uncontrollably, and then he starts to talk. And he talks about how much he missed this life that was lost. He talks about how sad he is, about how much he's hurting. And the whole time, this teenage boy just holds on. He stands firm and tall and holds him in all of that pain. I was blessed to see this beautiful illustration of who God is. That in our pain, we can go to God. We can weep and we can cry and talk about how much we're hurting. We can lean into that and know that God is standing tall and firm, that he is holding us as we weep, and that we're not alone. My heart was touched to see God's love was so full and so clear in the midst of all of this pain. As that day progressed on, Heather was led by the Holy Spirit to talk about inner healing at prayer class that night. Uh, At dinner that night, she shared with the whole team where she was going to go, what she was going to talk about, and I heard this so clearly from God that, Becca, this is the night you're going to share your testimony. And you can ask Heather, my face was so mad. (laughs) I was not going to share my testimony. I didn't want to share my testimony. The one that I just told you a few minutes ago, I didn't want to bring that up in Elam. I didn't want to bring that up anywhere. I didn't want to talk about how much pain I was in. I didn't want to talk about this time in my life when I wasn't even close to okay. I didn't want to hurt in front of all of these people, and I didn't want to make them hurt. I didn't want to cause them to think about the hurt and the pain in their own lives. But I was challenged to share my testimony that night, to tell of what God did in my life, to share those hurts so I could share about the amazing healing that God did. So at the worship service that night, Heather shared about what the children of Elam did, that they went and they confronted those hurts, and they felt them together, and they prayed to God together. She talked about what kinds of inner hurts we can have, and that God can touch those, that God can reach those and heal those. And after that, I shared my testimony. There was healing for me in sharing my testimony of sharing what God did in my life, of inviting people into that hurt so I didn't have to feel it alone, and of inviting people into the celebration that God healed, that God changed my life. After that church service, this girl pretty close to my age came up to me, and she said, I I want prayer. So Ellen Woods and I sat down with a, a small group, and we asked, what do you want to pray about? And she said that darkness, that pain, that wanting to give up, that's where she was right now. That she'd been there for a long time, and she was giving up. She wanted to give up. She didn't want to keep going. She didn't want to keep living in that. And then she began to tell her story. She shared about those struggles and those hurts that was causing that pain. And she shared of this deep longing, a mother's heart to have her children, to be reunited 
She shared stories of her faith journey, of how she got to this point and that firm foundation that was rooted in God. As she was sharing, the verse Romans 5, 3 through 5 came to my mind, and I knew it had to be shared. So we all read it together, and it says, But we rejoice in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So we talked about how we know that we're in the midst of suffering and pain. But we know where that story is going to go. We know that there's hope at the end of that tunnel. So we don't know when we're going to get there, but we know that God's hope will be there. We closed in prayer and we said goodbye. See you the next day. So that very next day at the healing prayer service, that same girl stood up in front of her entire congregation and shared her testimony, shared her story. She talked about those real hurts about her entire life, what led to her being there. She was vulnerable and cried in front of the congregation. She shared the prayers that she prayed to be reunited with her kids, the honest, heartfelt prayers. And then she shared about how God was answering those prayers. She shared of a hope that she had now in God's answers. She shared hope with her village. And it was like the Holy Spirit just shot out and moved through the people that night. Other people came up and they started to talk about what God was doing in their lives, how God was answering their prayers. They started to talk about these real hard things that were going on, about conflict that was going on within relationships. They talked, they confessed their part in that conflict. They asked for forgiveness. They gave forgiveness. It was huge. That girl shared her story and she shared of hope. And God moved through that to so many people. God reminded them, all of us, that we aren't alone, that God can heal, and that God's love shined so clearly in the midst of so much pain. As the week continued on, we continued to watch God do completely amazing things. These three young teenagers stepped up. They became leaders. They were raised to be leaders. On our last day of VBS, we had three high schoolers of Elam, Jake, Belinda, and Gus, that came with us to breakfast and to the planning meeting for VBS that day. Pastor Bob of Elam read a chapter from Timothy as this prayer, this commissioning for these three teenagers. He prayed the armor of God as protection over these kids, and then he anointed them with oil. We were a part, we got to watch and witness as these young kids were anointed as leaders in their church and in their village. And then they led VBS that day. They led. It started with Gus sharing the good news, the gospel news about forgiveness, that we're forgiven for our sins because of what Jesus did on the cross, and he shared that with his village. As we kept moving forward, Belinda came up, and she taught the kids to write all of their hurts, those places that forgiveness hasn't reached yet, on paper strips, and to fold those paper strips to meet paper chains to show how we're weighed down by that unforgiveness, how we're constricted and how it can feel like so much weight. 
And then Jake came up, and he prayed this prayer of forgiveness over all the kids. Forgiveness for themselves and forgiveness for other people. God answered our prayers, prayers we've been praying for seven years, that he would raise up kids in Elam to start leading in Elam. And he did that. That last day, we weren't leading. We didn't lead. The three teenagers in Elam led their village to know more about Christ. We, we literally stood on the walls in the background, just loving and supporting them as they took over. It was awesome. We celebrated the fact that these young leaders were leading VBS for themselves and for their village. We celebrated the fact that they didn't need us to lead VBS for them. But we could be in relationship with them. We could support them and love them as they led their village to know Christ. So finally, as that mission trip was coming to a close, I was expecting this question, this question we've gotten every year in the past, this question of, will you ever come back? We even had a lot of accusations in the past of, you're never coming back. You're not going to know who I am. You're not going to remember me. You won't remember my name. So I was preparing myself for that. And it didn't come. These two girls came up when we were saying goodbye, and they said, Becca, are you going to come back next year? And I said, you know, someone will. And they're like, Ugh, yeah, we know, Becca. <laughs> and they wanted to know if I was coming back. And I said, I'm doing everything in my power, and I'm praying that that's part of God's plan. But that sassy response, that amazing response, showed that the village of Elam had this trusting relationship with the covenant community covenant church in Eagle River. It was no longer about me and a relationship with a single child anymore. Elam has a relationship with community covenant church, with the congregation, with all of you. They know that there is a trusted relationship there, a relationship where we will care for each other, where we will remember each other, we will be praying for each other, and we will continue in a relationship with each other. In that, I was filled with so much hope. Because in that was an answered prayer. It took seven years for that trust to be built, to be strong enough where they no longer question whether or not we're coming. They're just curious to see who's going to get off the plane. I was encouraged and overjoyed to see the hope of the children in Elam. That hope that they had in the midst of so much pain. This hope that they were not alone, that they knew they were surrounded by Christ, and that Christ would hear them and would answer their prayers. I am filled with hope as we look to the future relationship between our church and that village. I hope that Christ would continue to work in and through the body of Christ, ministering and healing to our deepest hurts and our pains, raising young leaders to walk by faith, and showering his love on our every step. Thank you so much, Becca. That's right. Wow. You know, Becca really is representative of many young adults in our church that we've seen come through children's and youth ministry and are now um, being used by God in just some just powerful ways. And uh, so we are so grateful. You know, the, the scripture says that God is faithful from generation to generation, and we're seeing 
this new generation from this church that are being raised up. So with that, uh, Pastor Phil, if you'd come up and lead us in worship. But as, as the worship team comes up, this morning we're speaking of, of hope and healing and wholeness. And if there's brokenness in your life, uh, if, if you right now are in need of God's touch, I just encourage you any time during the rest of this service, get up from where you're seated and go back and get prayer at the cross. Or maybe you want to pray on behalf of, uh, behalf of somebody that you know needs God's healing touch. So I just want to encourage you uh, to do that as we continue in worship. So the ushers come forward to receive our offering. Let's, let's pray together. Please bow your heads. Father, take our lives. Take our lives, Lord, and let them be consecrated to your work. Father, this morning as we come to this time of offering, we recognize that our world, our nation, is in desperate need of men and women who will stand and bring Christ's hope in his healing and wholeness to the brokenness that's all around us. And so this morning, Lord, we say, here we are. Use us, send us. If that's across the aisle this morning in church or across the street to a neighbor, Lord, out to a ball field, to a village in western Alaska or in Kenya. Lord, wherever you would have us go, may we be your instruments to bring the peace of Christ to the chaos and the brokenness that's in the world. Father, we pray for healing. We pray for wholeness. We pray for the hope that only you can bring. Father, this morning, as we take this offering, may it be representative of our giving our very lives to you for you to guide and to direct us however you would choose. Lord, this morning, would you take our offering of time and treasure and talent and use it all to your honor and glory for you and you alone are worthy of our praise. Bless now both gift and giver to the honor and glory of your name. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you, Pastor Phil, for coming and leading us in worship. We appreciate you so much. And uh, to the... That's right. And to the... The Western Alaska uh, teams, thank you. Thank you for leading us uh, in God's work. You know, we spoke a lot about Jesus today, and you may know about him, but if you don't know him personally, if you have never trusted him to forgive your sins, if you never asked him to give you new life through the power of his Holy Spirit, today would be a day to do that. And I'd invite you to do that. Don't leave here just knowing him about him when you can know him and be assured that he's your Lord and your Savior. There are those back at the cross that would love to pray with you for any reason. I'd love to pray with you. Um, please, 
uh, just let us know how we can share the love of Christ with you. And with that, you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Yes, you do. Be immovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord inasmuch as you know your labor in Christ Jesus is not in vain. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, God bless you. Amen. Have a great Sunday.